You are now listening to Straight Facts, only on Big Gold Belt Media, with your host, Celis. We are back, folks, Straight Facts with Celis. We're on Season 1, Episode 4, and I told you my boys were coming. I'm super excited about this show. We're dropping this on a special Thursday, St. Patrick's edition, or St. Patrick's Day edition, rather. Happy St. Patty's Day for everybody. I got my boy, Giant Crab Jamal and Damien. What what is going on, fellas? Go ahead, Damien. Well, what's going on is the fact that we started this without you uh, talking about, you know, CTE and when athletes don't have backup, you know, after the money stops coming in, because, you know, you took a minute. So it's good to be here. <laughs> I did. I did take a minute. Jamal, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. It's a it's a lot going on. Uh, Your yeah, rugby just started. Australia football just started. Uh, there's some college thing I keep hearing about, I guess. Some tournament. I guess yeah, something's so. going on. Um, I have no idea who's playing. I really hope South Dakota State murders everybody. Um <laughs> And then, of course, you have uh, a lot of you know baseball shenanigans, hockey uh, trade deadline is next week. Uh, it's just too much to keep up with, but I'm going to try. And, and, and you know what? You probably heard us on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. You hear us every live, every Thursday, you know, representing Big Gold Belt Media. But this is where we get to talk about sports. And we've had some off conversations before, you know, this show even started. But let's go ahead and jump right to it. Um, the first topic for the day, did the lockout – change your interest in baseball. Now, of course, you know, the lockout just ended. Um, where now they're about to have their first game. If I'm not wrong, I think it's April 7th will be the first game for the opening series for, for most teams um, or yeah, not April all 7th. teams. But, but you know, the lockout can sometimes put a damper. And I talked about this last week or the last couple of weeks on the show where I was very frustrated and I thought it was pointless because you shouldn't wait to the last minute for any type of agreement to happen between a player union and the, the the sport that is play, being played itself because sometimes it's like all right if you know an agreement has to come let's start working on it now and i know it probably does happen but when you come to the point where it just stops everything it sometimes leaves a bad taste in the mouth and i made a comparison back to nhl in 2005 where in a way nhl was hurt on that time so i want to hit it to you guys jamal want to hit it to you first and i know you're a huge baseball guy got your mets cap rocking right now hoping good things for your mets this season did the lockout change your interest in baseball yeah, so that's like the moral dilemma where you the the papers will say it's billionaires arguing against millionaires, um, but really it's more of the point of as a fan because I'm not one of those millionaires. Is how does the game evolve past this? Um, they're going to have the DH in both leagues. They're going to have um, they want to adjust the luxury tax a bit. And for me as a fan. Um, the MLB is not all of baseball. It, we happen to have a team here where I live. You know, there are several teams nearby. But, you know, anybody that's playing the game, I'm going to watch it because I like baseball. So if the lockout were protracted and the minor leagues were still going on, then I guess I'll be in Indianapolis sometime this summer. I guess I'll be in Fresno or Visalia or Fort Worth or, you know, Corpus Christi sometime this summer instead of in, you know, City Field in, in uh, or in Pittsburgh, baseball will endure. Will the MLB? That's a different question. And at the end of the day, now that we're past the lockout and free agency uh, is is underway, and some big trades have been made, the Dodgers are trying to buy a championship. Does it? Does the lockout change anything? 
At the end of the day, no, because honest to God, come April 7th, I'm going to be watching, you know, 15 hours of baseball that day. I'm already looking at trips. You know, the Mets are going to be out in Los Angeles in June. Uh, That's the weekend after double or nothing. Definitely trying to make that work. Um, In October, where will I be the last game of the season? I don't know. Uh, Toronto, uh, Canada Day is on a Friday this year. I might be in Toronto for Canada Day for that weekend. You know, I want to say that, yeah, you know, we need to stick it to these greedy-ass owners and greedy-ass players. But at the end of the day, I just want to play. I just want to watch baseball. Hmm. You know, I want some undercooked hot dogs, some burnt popcorn, and I want to pay nine dollars for it. Let's let's start the game already. Don't forget your peanuts too. Sometimes that's a good I'm allergic. That that's the only reason oh, why I can't do the never, peanuts. Let's not do that. Never yeah, mind. EpiPens. We don't need all that on emergency tip. What about you, Damon? Did did it change your interest or your feeling in baseball? You know, I'm going to go the opposite from what Jamal was saying because personally. I have lost my love for baseball. Mm. And as a Mets fan, my love ended when I realized I didn't care that they lost the World Series to the Royals oh, a few years ago. I was crushed. And I felt nothing. And I was, I, was I grew up a I figured you were. Yeah. I was a diehard Mets fan growing up as a kid because in New York City, you know, you have the Mets and the Yankees. And I grew up a Mets fan because in the 80s, the Yankees were the bum squad and the Mets were, you know, the talk of the town. The 86 Mets, what have you, Dwight, you know, Daryl, et cetera. So baseball to what Jamal said, it will endure because there's always going to be the fuddy-duddies and eventually we'll become the fuddy-duddies that talk about back in our day. They had the D, they only had the DH in the American League, you know, things like that. Uh, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Those arguments will supersede longer than we're alive. But where I feel the lockout kind of screwed people over was the fact that when you have athletes like Shohei Atani, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr., you know, these young, exciting athletes who are trying to make the game global, uh, even more so, more so than just playing it, you know, in your backyard as a kid or stickball or what have you. Now we have to kind of get stuck in the malarkey of collective bargaining agreements like what happened in 1994. You know, people arguing over TV revenue, you know, the, the minutia of not the game, of the soap opera in the game. And I think now in the advent of Twitter and social media, and I talk about this with other sports as well, that's the big deal more so than the actual sport. And I feel Manfred is probably in my top three of worst commissioners of all time. All uh, time. Mm. All time. For any and, sport. And any sport. Any sport. Like, I thought Bud League was bad. This dude, just no. Like, if, if if you could be handed pretty much a Fortune 500 company, and all you got to do is say, dude, don't mess it up and we'll turn a profit no matter what. And he burned that bridge mm-hmm. within getting it, in my estimation. So instead of us focusing on all these young talents instead of us focusing on the game because we're trying to bring kids and the inner city, you know, the, with the formerly known as Harlem RBI programs back to the game. Now we're stuck with like to quote Jamal billionaires arguing with millionaires. Now, when I was a kid now ended here, I used to love the thought of wanting to go to every single major league baseball stadium with my dad. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now I could care less. And something along the line happened where I just 
lost my love of the game. And I think a lot of it just had to do with the fact that mismanagement from the top down and just the changes made to the game don't make me interested as it had been when I was a kid. Well, let me ask you this. It's, it's interesting you're you said there. that. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Jamal. Hold on. Let me, let me ask you this. So you're out there in, in Texas. Um, yes, you know, they have a team out there in, in, in Arlington. They just built a new stadium for them, mm-hmm. uh, for the Rangers. Uh, they have some minor league teams, you know, nearby. If you're in, let's say you're in San Antonio. San Antonio yeah. has the missions. You know, it, it's a double-A team. I'm pretty sure they still have them, but they minor league just re- uh, uh, realigned. Mm-hmm. Would you like just not go to a game because you're just not emotionally invested anymore, or would you, or would you not like commit the same emotional content anymore? Because again, I don't care who's playing. Yes, I am a Mets fan. Do I need to go to City Field? No, it's hideously expensive. Mm-hmm. The food is a- a- excellent, it, but it's hideously expensive. The seven train is a mess coming back, and Long Island <laughs> Railroad doesn't run too often if the game goes late. So logistically, it's not the most fun I'll have in a baseball stadium. And I definitely want to get in for cheaper than $90 if I want to see a good team. And forget about it if you're going to see a Yankee game at City Field. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to see the Mets anywhere. I was in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. for three games last year. Um, So is it like you're just done with baseball at all? Or are you just not interested in the bullshit that goes with it? And especially if they're asking you to pay more and do all these other logistical, you know, nightmares to appease sponsors and, you know, the owners clubs. I think mine goes a little bit deeper than, than just those two options, because I'll say this, if I remember when I was living in New York and, and the Cyclones first came out, right. And everybody was so stoked to go to Keyspan park. I would go, even though I know half those people wouldn't make it to the majors. Right. Because the tickets were cheap, the food was inexpensive, and it was right. a raucous atmosphere. Especially because I had that. a personal connection. Yes, I had a personal connection to the team because it was a New York Mets affiliate. Now, I'll tell you right now, to, to, to if it's the San Antonio, let's say the Mudcats, I know it's not, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to want to see it because I have no, I have no connection to this team. Mm. But if the New York Mets were coming to Arlington, to play the New York, uh, New York Rangers, sorry, the Texas Ugh. Rangers, would I go in the middle of the brick of, of the hot summer in Arlington at 110 degrees? No, because the they would have to. Would be closed. Globe, yeah, it was a globe field now. Yeah, globe yeah. life field. Uh, no, and here's <laughs> why. <laughs> Unless DeGrom is pitching in one of those games, which makes it a must-see attraction, I'm not going. Wow. Um, so it needs a little bit more, a little bit more pull from you. It's not just about the game itself. You know, you gotta they gotta really, really, really reach out to you to get yes. you into a seat. We'll give it to you for free. Hmm. And, and I was oh go ahead, go ahead, Jamal. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, myself. No, I'm about to say because you know, when I even hear that that emotional Tug about it too. I even thought about, you know, how many conversations probably in the last four to five years, Damon, that people have been telling me that's like a bucket list for them to do. Go see every mm-hmm. single baseball stadium and things of that nature. When it comes to the point where it's like, I'll choose to do it if I want to, I'll go to the game if I want to because of this. This kind of leads back to what my perception was about hockey. Like, I was huge 
on hockey up until 2005. But when the lockout happened, I couldn't tell you two people on each team now. Like, literally, I could run down everybody that probably won that year because I remember the Tampa Bay Lightning won that year as an upset team that nobody thought that was going to be that good. And then, boom, all the momentum of probably one of the greatest NHL seasons of all time happened. Like, I even bought NHL video games year after year for it because I loved it. But at the point where it comes to that point, like you're saying about baseball, it's like, all right, I just don't care. Like, if it's on TV, it is, but I'm not going to be pressed to watch it, even though I'm a huge Guardians fan now, you know. But at the same time, think about what the broadcast is like for baseball now. It's already tough enough to watch it for some on TV. Now you're taking away your number one broadcaster who's now moving to ESPN, and it doesn't get Wait, wait, no, stop. Stop. We're not doing this. You're actually going to sit up there and tell me that Joe Buck is the voice of baseball. I mean, who else is it? Stop it. He, I mean, I'm not saying I'm his biggest fan. Stop. It. But when you think about every World Series or things of that nature, it's his I voice. I listen to Spanish before Joshua. I listen to Joe Buck. Same. Uh, uh, debatable. But, I mean. No, it's a fact. I will definitely listen on Telemundo Sports, Deportes, as it's, as it's known in Spanish. That I, I will. Okay. Joe that, Buck. But okay, his, le- his legacy is there. Really quick, Sellers. Really quick. That, that's uh-huh. actually a good segue point for baseball. Uh-huh. I would rather watch the World Baseball Classic mm. and travel all over Latin America to watch those games yep. than to watch an American MLB baseball game. Mm. I get it. I get I blame it. Joe Buck. You blame Joe Buck for that. But yeah. but to get back to the point though, you know, it, it really has hurt baseball in my opinion. Like I, I don't know if attendance will still be well, of course, people will still want to go outside to see a baseball, but I mean Attendance is rocky depending on who's playing or what playing. You might what, get 9,000, 10,000 maybe on a good day or on just like a like a Guardians versus Royals game. Maybe. No, I mean, that, that, okay, so that depends because like attendance is, is finicky. Um, a lot of games happen during the midweek. Uh, yeah. You do have some markets that are smaller than others. True. Um, some stadium locations aren't necessarily in, in the best of, of spots. Kansas City, their stadium isn't downtown. It's 20 miles off the interstate. Um, but Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and Cleveland and Washington, there are. In New York, if I lived in Staten Island, that's a hat, that's a hump to go into yep. City Field in Queens, just because you're on Staten Island. Um, that drive is dumb down the BQE. So it, it really, 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 really does depend. So do I need to drive an hour to see or take the train an hour and a half to see the Mets play? San Diego, a game that I'm not necessarily emotionally invested in? Well, no. But so attendance, I think in like the worst off cities like Miami, where mm-hmm. nobody goes, um, you know, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody, but nobody cared in Miami before. They bought two championships and people went back to doing everything else in Miami that you do Literally other than the baseball. Bought. <laughs> Literally bought True. two championships. Right. But let me ask this, Damien, let me ask this, you know, based on the perspective of that new stadium being there and how baseball is right now, maybe the talk of the town, are people excited about going to the new Rangers stadium? No. No. Because the Rangers are crap. No. No. But even if they know they're going to be crap, no. opening day will be like, especially if it's on a well, Friday. It's opening yeah. day. Opening day in and of itself is almost like a national holiday. So obviously right. that's different. But if you're going to have people out in the middle of May – Walking, watching a Rangers Royals game no. that has no bearing on anything. No, you better be offering dollar hot dog night for that because no one's coming. And you know what? Globe Life Park is near the airport in Arlington. Mm-hmm. There's very tough tra- public transportation. 
driving is a yes. bitch. And it's and yes. if you're in either Fort Worth or Dallas or any of the suburbs of immediate Fort Worth and Dallas, it's an hour to get to Arlington on the toll road. So True. logistically, it's a mess. Now, if they had put it in downtown Dallas where the people live, or if they put it in downtown Fort Worth to give that city a boost, cool. But Arlington is the biggest city in America at over 125,000 people uh, without a dedicated public transit system. You can't take the train to the game. You got to drive, drive, which means you got to pay for parking. (laughs) Indeed. So whatever the cost of the ticket is, add 50 bucks. Unless you want to walk in Texas heat at at 6 o'clock going to the game. Indeed. As we shift on to another great topic, and once again, it, once again, I hope everybody's perspective on baseball may not change. I really, it's a great sport. Uh, it is a great sport, but at the same time, things like this can really hurt your business, and you don't want that to hurt your business as far as making money and things of that nature, and how you would even invest your time into that sport. And once again, it's a, it's a summer classic that you got. It's things that people look forward to, like every time baseball comes around, you oh, weather's getting warmer, it's about to get hot, and things of that nature until football comes in the fall, but. You know, I just hope it doesn't, but I'm not – I'm with Damien. I, I'm not highly expecting that it's going to continue high momentum like it was in the past, and it might even go down because of this lockout. But as we move to another topic, this topic is very interesting. I think this was one of the first things that we talked about when I when I first got this show. And one of the things you want to do is with all sports, we always want to define what is the greatest of all time. Everybody wants to talk about who's the greatest player in a sport. Is it by position? Is it by person? But – what is our definition for the greatest of all time? And this is going to connect to a future topic that we got coming up. But when we think about all the major sports that are out here in this world, we all have our favorites that we could say. But Damien, I'm going to start with you. What is your personal definition to nominate or to claim somebody as the greatest of all time? Does the athlete, does do they cover every single era that the sport has been in its inception, since mm. its inception? Can you say, hey, if you put, and I know people give use the argument, well, different eras. Yep. No. If you take this one person and you put them up against the best player from certain eras, career-wise, whatever your definitions are, championships, scoring titles, home runs, what, what have you, depending on the sport, does this person overrule every single other person of their contemporaries throughout the history of said sport based on position or what have you. That's my first thing. Number mm-hmm. two, I hate when people, I hate, I hate this argument, but were you the best player on every single team you played on? Mm. The best player, not, Oh, I was the MVP for three years. And then some, they gave it to some Steve Nash for two. No. Were you the best player of your teams that you were on? Do your stats totally obliterate every other stat line paired up against the other greats? That's another one. Mm -hmm. And then for for me, just my own personal aside, were you a person that put butts in the seats? Mm. Because as much as we like to say that doesn't matter, ratings and things of that nature... People were paying top dollar to see Michael Jordan and LeBron James. We weren't paying top dollar to see Patrick Ewing as much as I love Patrick Ewing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even with baseball, I will pay. I would pay top dollar now if Barry Bonds was still around. Mm. More so than paying top dollar to see Mike Trout. Just because. 
it, it's past, it goes beyond the game. It becomes must-see television to watch this player on a consistent basis. Not a shooting star, not a flash in the pan like a Tim Lincecum if we're going to go to baseball. <laughs> Someone who was there for a long time and mm-hmm. dominated their sport for a long time. Mm. That's why in boxing, people talk about Ali's the GOAT or Joe Lewis is the GOAT because people went to go see these people for a long period of time while they were on top. And it made a must-see must-see show. For me, that's your starting point of GOAT. Mm. Jamal, what you think? Uh, I, I agree with the first point 100 uh, percent and think that the greatest of all time is not the is the greatest of every time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a person that can, it, let's say basketball, for example, because I think that's the easiest um, metaphor to make. I agree. If you take any player, whoever you think the greatest of all time is, could they start for any, just, just to keep it simple uh, in the, in, in the NBA finals of that year, and there's 75 of them. Could they start? for one of those teams in the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the greatest of all time should be able to personally as a Pacers fan growing up, I hate the Knicks. Uh, secondly, <laughs> as a Pacers fan growing up, Bill Russell is the greatest player of all time mm-hmm. because I think that he checks a lot of those boxes where there isn't an error that he couldn't play in. Um, now, granted, he recorded stats that weren't – he did things that weren't recorded stats for, like blocks and stuff like that. Um, the, the game was a lot different. But I don't think the greatest of all time now can go back to 1964 and play in that era mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of there wasn't a three-point line or fouls recorded differently or stuff like that. I don't think the greatest of all time now could be – muscled up against Dennis Rodman, for example. Mm-hmm. He was he's one of the greatest defensive players ever. So, right. you know, that's the thing. Assuming that you as one that one assumes that LeBron James is the greatest of all time, let's assume that he is, just for mm-hmm. this argument, does he start in the 88 finals for the Lakers? Ooh. I don't know if he does. That's a that's a tough question. I don't, I don't know if he question. does. Um I think it was uh Lakers and Pistons um that year. I don't know if he starts. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if he starts for the Lakers um, because they literally had a Hall of Fame team. Um, and '86 Finals was Lakers Celtics. I don't know if he starts for either team. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it is. That's kind of where it is for me, and that's why I say that Bill Russell checks a lot of those um, things because as great as Jordan, people would like to say that Jordan is, um, and how he went six and zero in the finals. Robert Ory is seven and zero in the finals. Mm-hmm. Is he mm-hmm. better than Jordan? Personally, I would say yes, because I hate Michael Jordan as a Pacers fan. <laughs> but it's not just about rings. Um, and also, I don't think a popularity contest does it either, because once the media machine gets a hold of you, you're going to be better. You're going to be as good as they portray you anyway. Right. So is LeBron, is Jordan actually great? Or is he great because he's popular? Does his popularity take him to the next level? because of the movies, because of the underwear that he sold, because of the shoes, <clears throat> you know, what did he, but so that's what it comes back to basketball. Mm-hmm. What did he bring to the game that physically changes the game? Mm-hmm. Iverson mm-hmm. brought a thing. They changed the rule. Stoudemire mm-hmm. brought a thing or Damon Stoudemire brought a thing. They changed the rule. Mm-hmm. Shaq mm-hmm. brought several things. 
They changed a lot of rules. They developed defenses around Shaq. Does that make him the greatest player of all time? Well, he's not really in that conversation anymore, is he? And once somebody else new comes on, does everybody behind them move back? So does Larry Bird slip the 20th greatest of all mm-hmm. time? Because mm-hmm. Stephen Curry shot more free, uh, three-pointers than him? Or is or you're going to tell me that Ray Allen's a better shooter than Larry Bird? I, I'm, you know, that's not the way the game was played. They didn't score 160, 300 total points in a game back in the 80s. They played defense. Yes, they did. And again, when they played defense, are you going to tell me that Tim Duncan isn't in that conversation as well? Because Duncan and Robinson is obviously, the, arguably the greatest one-two punch, period, in the front court. But they were holding teams to 75 points a game when teams started to take off and score over 100 regularly. So that's why I say for the greatest singular player of all time, specifically in basketball, uh, and I think it can apply to other sports as well, you Mm -hmm. have to be able to play in all time. And in baseball, it's a little bit different because it's more of a singular uh, thing. Uh, The greatest hitter of all – Barry Bonds could be the greatest player of all time, but he never threw a pitch in his life. There you go. Yep. So that's, you know, as much as I like DeGrom, especially since he cut his hair, damn hippie, um, <laughs> he can't bat for shit. So DeGrom isn't hitting 56 on runs and driving in 140 RBIs. Uh, no. Barry Bonds or Manny Ramirez or Ortiz or, you know, everybody not named Babe Ruth isn't striking <laughs> out 250 guys. So I think base, that's why baseball is a little bit different. So that's why the greatest of all time is the greatest of every time. And I, and I want to keep it more to the game and less of the popularity because once the media gets hold of you, it is what it is at that point. Indeed. You guys both, both make great arguments. One of the things that I would say is kind of like you kind of alluded to where I was going to start with Jamal. It's only certain sports that I will claim greatest of all time because it has to be for me an individualized effort for individual sport or within the team sport that marks individuality. So mm-hmm. by me saying that, I will never, ever say a one singular person in football is the greatest of all time. You may say they're the best in that position and things of that nature, but there's so many other dynamics that happens in football that you can't claim to be the greatest of all time. Yep, Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls, right? But let's think about the offensive alignment, the people yeah, that catch no the ball. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. All that stuff that happens with him to make sure he is the greatest. There's a lot of things that happen. But however, if you go to, and you made a perfect example about baseball, it's kind of like one-sided. You don't have many two-sided people like Babe Ruth that can pitch and hit nowadays because that's it changes throughout generation because the, the game is. changes. But however, for basketball, the one thing I can say and that makes me want to say this person is the greatest of all time, not only the generations comment that they can go across many generations of, can they start on those finals teams, but are you able to play every single position available to that sport? And one of the things with that, which makes me say that Magic Johnson is the greatest of all time, is he can literally at 6'9 play any single position. He started at every position. Right, started at every position. And even through generations now, because LeBron is doing what he's doing now as a point guard. He did that during the time where he played. He played center Mm -hmm. in the finals when Kareem was hurt. And granted, when he came back from his AIDS time, granted he wasn't the same player, of course not. But he started at small forward with Nick Van Nexel in the backyard uh, in the backcourt with Eddie Jones. And they still went through him as a small forward. And he literally could shoot, he could score, he could pass, he could do everything. And granted, he didn't have as many rings as Bill or, or things of that nature. But 
for him being able to play all positions offensively and defensively and could go across many generations. And he is somebody that I think, regardless of what 75 teams or 150 teams combined or a little bit less than that, that was in each one of those finals for 75 years, I think you could put him on there and he will start over those members. I would take him over that. And granted, he's never played for a team that was my favorite. I loved Orlando Magic growing up, moved to Phoenix. When Penny moved to Phoenix, not been a Phoenix Sun since 99. But at the same time, any one of those teams that we've had in the finals, I think he could start over as the point guard and will be very confident even over a LeBron if you want to put him in that aspect. Um, just thinking about that, that's that's the way I've seen it. Can you play multiple positions and go across many different uh, generations throughout that time? But I can only do that for particular sports, not for all now, sports. Now, the counter to that would be, what about a guy like Oscar Robinson? Uh, second most triple doubles of all time before Westbrook took that from him. And and mm-hmm. having a triple double isn't just an offensive thing. You know, he was grabbing double-double mm-hmm. rebounds, scoring points, and dis- distributing the ball and assists and sometimes steals. So mm-hmm. that is a, a, a better designation of a more all-around player. But nobody considers – well, not nobody, but the, but the the topic is – Oscar Roberts is not in that conversation for a lot of people. And Correct. he – arguably could be because you don't set a record like most triple doubles in a game again until Westbrook uh, without being in that conversation. And that's that's unfortunately where the narrative of, um, of of the popularity contest comes in because Oscar Robertson predates uh, the globalization of basketball. It predates cable television. It predates the regional sports networks. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you listen to games on the radio and, you know, you get to CBS, you know, Wild Water Sports or ABC or whatever, uh, Game yep. of the Week, and that was it. Yep. So it's really hard to judge, um, you know, who would be great because you're also as great as your competition. So just because – is LeBron great because he's great or is he's great because he's so far ahead of the competition? Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, LeBron is, is great, but he's great in a 96 to 2002 like you know level of play where he, he can definitely you know face up to a lot of those guys um and, and break down a lot of those guys but he's he's arguably out of his timeline you know to, to to that your regard where the competition doesn't match up to lebron which makes him look bigger than he is shaq had the same problem which is a good problem to have but the competition didn't match up to shaq so they just said, fuck it. You put in the rookie and foul him. And Hacker Shack was born. So, and obviously, once you figure him out and you feel like, okay, well, yes, he's going to get 20 and 10. We're just going to shut down everybody else and see how that works out. And there was a time where they frustrated LeBron in Cleveland and they frustrated LeBron in, in Miami. Um, and hell, even earlier this year in Los Angeles, we don't know how that's going to you know pan out. But I do think that you know, your competition, the level of play is a thing too, because those eighties teams and those nineties teams, everybody had a hall of famer on the team. Yeah. Everyone yeah. except the, except the bullets, but everybody had a hall of famer on the team. <laughs> so, you know, you, it, there was also, no off days. Yeah. Back then you earned it. Like they say, right. You earned it every single time right. you stepped on the court. And, and could the same thing be said today? Uh, is the greatest of all time right now, whoever that may be, is he facing Hall of Fame competition right now? I don't know mm-hmm. if I don't I don't know if there's a Hall of Famer on every team right now. Mm-hmm. No, 
Because I could just say the Knicks, there is not one Hall of Famer on that team. So Hall of very good or very decent player, but not. Yeah, not I mean, obviously they deserve to be there. And I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be there. 100%. But is there a Hall of Famer on every team right now? Nope. Mm-mm. Or or even a perennial all-star on every team. Well, they got to be an all-star. I think every team has to represent, right? No, not no, in basketball. Not in basketball. Oh. That's only baseball. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I By mean, the so way, Julius, I'm Julius looking Randall's at the, Yep, but that was last year. That's not this year. But but yeah, I mean that's I think that's kind of what it is. I think that is a bit of you know, and and you know, that's why the debate between LeBron and Jordan goes on and on. Um, but none of them are Kareem. Kareem has the most uh points all time. So it's easy to set these caveats and move the goalposts back and forth to fit your needs, which is why I say, could your goat play in any era? Could he start? Mm-hmm. Over the finals teams, uh, one of the finals teams that year. I don't, I don't know if anybody after 2010 can can say that. Well, I can tell you right now, looking because we brought it up earlier for the Lakers starting five in 1988. The mm-hmm. only person I could literally, well, I could see LeBron replacing two people here. Uh, AC Michael Green, yeah, no, no, on the starting lineup, uh-huh. AC Green and Byron Scott. Oh, I forgot Byron Scott did start. My, Michael Cooper did not start. No, he came off the bench. Got it. Okay. So he could start in place of AC Green if you put him at power forward. Mm. But that's still a tough matchup, you think, during that time period. I don't know if I was Fair enough, start. because I don't know if – because I think LeBron's getting shut down by uh, by Lambeer and Rick Mahorn. Ooh, mm. that's tough. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, I agree that he would start mm-hmm. over AC Green, but I would still want him at small forward – you know, as a mm-hmm. better matchup for him versus Robin, I guess. But then again, Robin's a problem. Wow. So that's that's kind of that's where a it good is. point. I would love to see. You're right. You know, when you bring that up, I would love to have seen Dennis Rodman. You know, we talk about defensive Prime. player of the year awards. Prime yeah. Dennis Rodman yeah. matching up against the the these beasts. You know that we have now. You know the Giannis's, the, the yeah. LeBrons, and just to see what he does. Right. I think he probably can average handle. 40 rebounds a game the way, yeah, <laughs> the right. way the game is played now. Exactly. Right. Now, granted, there's a the shooting is a lot better in the game now in, in basketball, yes. but um, and, and it has to be because everybody's pulling 50, 50 foot jumpers. But um, I th- think in general, you know, the way defenses worked back then uh, was mm-hmm. a lot more involved. The center position existed. Now you just have two power forwards. Um, so that's the thing. Um, and it depends on what rules we're playing by because Robin would get in your chest, in your jersey. You yep. would have two heads poking out of your jersey. Yep. Now, if you looked at a guy and sneeze and I'm wrong, it's a foul. It's a flagrant, you know, if you if you if you say something to him. So uh, you know, that's uh, then again, those nuances that can't be recorded on paper uh go into the game also because the game was a lot more physical. Um, that five second hold in the ball rule wasn't there in the nineties. Um, you know, three seconds in the in the in the paint, you know, just got there in the 90s. So, you know, the rule changes. Um, you know, was what it was. But I don't know. I think Rodman shuts down LeBron over the course of seven games. I don't know. Ooh, that's tough. That's and tough. so who do you rather have? Who do you rather him go? Uh, you know, is it Rick Mahorn or is it or is it Rodman? Or do you do you test him versus Lambeer? You know what? If I'm the Pistons, I'll throw all three of them at him and at different times. That's what they did to Jordan. 
in that yeah. early time. And and, and took him out. Jordan had to learn that way. LeBron may not be as tough as Jordan to go through that same type of punishment because they weren't letting up. They were getting no, elbows said, and stuff like that. But once again, the game is played in the 80s and it is now, but still. Yeah. But I say the, like right now, I'm looking but I'm looking at the Pistons lineup from 88 as well, the starting lineup, because Rodman came off the bench actually. Ooh. So Mahorn, Adrian Dantley, Bill Lambeer in the front court. Dumars mm. and Isaiah in the backcourt. Now, people forget mm. that Joe Dumars, for his size, was still a really good defender, as good as he was offensively. 6'4 mm -hmm. and stout. Probably yep, really 6'2 six, six, and stout. Mm -hmm. So just imagine LeBron going up against all those guys. Wait, okay, so let's say that LeBron starts with the Pistons. Who does he start yeah. over? I mean, does he start over Adrian Dantley? You, you talent wise, you probably start him over Lambeer. Talent wise, yes, but I would, would I want to give up that big man though for him? Well, you could bring him, you could bring Lambeer off the bench. Oof. I mean, That's but tough. right, so you do that, but do you have, um, uh, you know, LeBron face up against what, what Worthy? Would, would he be that, uh, starting for Ooh, Lakers? See, that is actually a matchup I would have loved to have that, seen. That is a great matchup. Both on both James sides and, and LeBron. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So, like, this argument could be used whether we're just taking LeBron, but mm -hmm. you could say, you know, Stephen Curry. You can say Jordan. You can say hell. You can say Kobe. I don't care who you say. The bottom line is, is that pick a finals, and I only picked the '88 one because I think that was just a really spicy matchup because people really sleep on the Pistons in general. Um, but just the Hall of Famers came out of from, from everywhere, mm -hmm. you know. You know, 91, 1991, 92 Portland Trailblazers. I don't know mm -hmm. if Curry starts over Terry Porter. But then again, Curry mm -hmm. and Drexler would be a pretty spicy combination as well. So that's kind of what it is. Can they fit everywhere? You know, 80s um, Celtics, does Curry, does Curry start in the 80s Celtics? I don't know. He, I don't know if he does. And Dennis Johnson I, I, I don't know if he's going. Dennis Johnson's not somebody to sleep on either. So I'm just saying, that's I, tough. I don't know if he does. It's tough. You know, not, you know what, mm. was, was it 94 Phoenix Suns? I made does he start over Kevin Johnson? I don't know if he does. Maybe, maybe he does. He starts over Dan Marley. He does start over Dan Marley. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I, I think it's uh I think it's just an interesting perspective that people don't really talk about as far as who the greatest of all time is because a lot of emotion goes into the content. Because this is somebody that you grew up watching. This is somebody that you um, have emotionally attached to. Um, and you were there for a lot of these moments, too. For me, uh, Reggie Miller starts him, is in, my taller, is, my, is in my starting five, period. I don't give a damn who it is uh, that you think that's the best shooting guard of all time. For me, because I'm biased, Reggie Miller starts. It is what it is. Now, mm -hmm. I, you know, <laughs> there it is. There's the Knicks fan. Um, because of that, uh, does that mean that he is the absolute greatest? Well, no, I'm biased and it's a team sport. And that's, I think what people also forget, uh, is that none of these things work without the other there. If there is no Malone, there is no Stockton. If there is no Stockton, there is no Malone. Mm -hmm. They don't set those records by themselves. Correct. So if there is magic Johnson has nobody to pass to, he's not magic Johnson. So it's, um, it, it is it is a very interesting uh, discussion, and I think it will change the that conversation of 
the greatest of all time or force people to set parameters of what that is. Is it the greatest of any era? And let's say that an era is 10 years, you mm-hmm. know, could a person be the greatest of that era between 90 and 2000, 2000, 2010? Uh, I think that's a, a, a easier pill to swallow than in 75 years of the NBA. This one player is the greatest of five players that could start on the team. That's why the conversation continues to, you know, not necessarily evolve because, like, yeah, it, it's it's obviously Robert Ory. <laughs> <laughs> Big Shot Bob. Big, Big Shot, Shot Bob got seven rings. Put some respect on that man's name. And, and as we get ready to shift, we're going to wrap up in the next about five minutes. But here's a rhetorical topic. We're not going to talk about this, but you as a listener, I just want you to think about this because something did important happen this week where Alex Ovechkin got 767 goals, which is a huge, huge market indicator. And of course, you know, moving to that status of getting, you know, goal scoring most all time and things of that nature, you know, would you put him in the GOAT status for hockey? Just think about it as a rhetorical question. You know, we won't talk about it here because we're going to move it to our last topic very quickly as we're going to wrap up uh, very shortly. But just think about that as a listener. Where would you put him? But the last topic that we want to move to, just a little bit NFL news and notes. Of course, free agency, free agency is going left and right, new signings, new faces, new places, things of that nature. And I touched on that a little bit of the preview. But one thing did happen. Sean Watson is not going to be criminally charged. He may go for the civil case, but he won't be going to jail or prison in regards to the matter that he's been doing with the masseuse thing of that nature that we won't visit that. But is he still the biggest domino for this offseason? There's a lot of the quarterback movement of Baker Mayfield on the rumor mill, Tom Brady. Is he actually still going to stay in New uh, in New England, stay in Tampa? But Deshaun Watson has something where he wants to definitely get out of Houston, and Houston might want to deal with him, but where he – does he want to go? Is that the still the biggest domino effect? And we'll go to Damien. We'll go, you know, very quickly on your thoughts. Is he the biggest domino in the NFL free agency before we look forward to the draft? Well, he's not a free agent or from to, what I know. He's, exactly he's, right. He, You're right. Yeah. So in terms of domino effect, is he going to be a needle mover depending on where he goes? Sure. But it depends on where he goes because as of this recording, apparently the rumor is the two teams that are up for his services – Atlanta and um, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So if he goes to the Saints, yes, I think but that actually makes them a Super Bowl contender. If he goes to Atlanta, I don't think so. So is it a big domino for the story? Sure. In the grand scheme of the NFL season? No. And I'll leave it there. Gotcha. What about you, Jamal? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I'm, I think that the biggest, the most interesting free agent for me is what's happening up there in Buffalo with Trubisky uh, coming in. That's like a really, because what happens because they thought they had a thing already with Allen and now they're going to bring in Trubisky who, you know, was not that great in, in Chicago. As far as Deshaun Watson goes, um, I don't think that he's the, he, he's the difference in one or two games. I think if you had an eight and eight team last season or an eight and nine team or whatever, because they have, they play like 40 games now, um, then he may, he gets you into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think if you were a five and 11 team or five and 12 team last year, you get, you gain two wins and you still miss the playoffs. So I think that that's, you know, kind of what it is. And we also need to see where his head is at, you know, mentally um, getting back into 
uh, just the turmoil of what what he went through <clears throat> in Houston, trying to get out of Houston, trying to get a deal done, knowing that his contract would need to be restructured and stuff like that. Um, that mental aspect, because being a quarterback is certainly a, a, a mental game uh, as well, as much as it is a physical one. You know, where's his head at? You know, is he in the position to be the the quarterback that can command the money that he wants and the that he wants and the star power that he wants? And I'm not convinced that he's there yet. Um, and then, of course, then when he gets to wherever he's going to go, um, will he fit in that system? Will he have the receivers and the uh, the offensive line, you know, to back him up? Um, you know, what will, what will his strength of schedule look like? You know, that's these are things that, you know, you got to consider before we start saying, like, he's going to be this good or this bad. So I think for himself as a talent, he's plus two wins. Um, now, does that get somebody into the Super Bowl that wasn't there? Um, I really don't think so. But or I don't think so considering the teams that need a quarterback. Um, but if it's if it's Atlanta, if it's New Orleans, uh, as long as it ain't Houston, I guess he'll be fine. But if he wants to win, that's a different conversation entirely. Got you. And I would say, um, in a way, I'm going to cheat a little bit because we got some breaking news. Um, he may not be the biggest domino effect of the offseason because the biggest domino effect might have just happened. And it might be happening with more people to be moving later. As according to Adam Schefter, uh, Devontae Adams has been just traded to the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, for two prime picks, whatever they are. Um, but that may keep or ship uh, Derek Carr as that may be the biggest domino effect. So we don't know. But to, to go back to what you just guys just said, but I think Deshaun Watson is a big story as a domino, mm-hmm. but as a big football player domino effect, I don't know if he's going to cause the team to be Super Bowl contenders regardless of where he goes next. But that Devontae Adams news just happened, breaking news as we're doing this recording, where it just came out on a report from Adam Schefter. So once again, for two prime picks, not sure what they are. I guess it's going to be detailed a little bit later. But that AFC West is looking mighty tough mm-hmm. from top to bottom. You might have a situation where all four teams can make the playoffs if that's possible. Hold up. But, uh, real quick. Devontae Ad- we're, we're putting Devontae Adams on the same level as like – a quarterback that could lead you to a Super Bowl? Now, Please don't tell me that's what you're doing. Now, hold on. Now, now, think about this for a second. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl, correct? You could correct. arguably say the team that came the closest to beating the Bengals to reach the Super Bowl could have been the Raiders. And what were they missing? A right receiver that could stretch down the field and be an all-pro right receiver. I'm just saying. I don't think is- he makes you a Super Bowl like contender. I'm sorry. If David Carr is your quarterback. No. Yeah, somebody's got to get the ball to him. Yeah. Somebody got to get the ball to him. Yep. Derek Carr. I'm sorry, not David Carr. Yep. No right. matter which car, it ain't happening. Right. right. So, breaking news. Um, But we're going to wrap it up a little bit, guys, here. Once again, I appreciate my family here, Jamal and Damian, jumping on with us. And once again, they're free to come back anytime. And you'll hear from them more often because we just like to talk about sports and have this good, you know, ideas of topics that's going on. And this is the prime time with March Madness going on, NBA playoffs coming, NFL offseason, NHL playoffs, MLB will start up. It's almost one of the best time in the calendar year for sports. Um, so once again, I'm your boy, Silly Sellers here. Uh, this is Straight Back with Sellers. Thank you for joining us on today. And once again, you'll be back with us live every Sunday um, where we'll post up. We're going to post this show tonight um, so we can definitely have it gone through. But definitely, I appreciate the boys being here and we'll see you soon.